You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. All right, folks, this is the Whitetail Experience Podcast. Got a sweet one. We are on deer season eve, kind of. I am recording this on a Monday. We open Saturday. Don't worry, folks, my wife already crushed me and said she works. She's baby nurse, so that means the 7 to 7 shift. And I'm not going to, you know, ask the in-laws, I think, to help with the kid. Oh, September 20, what would that be? The 30th, Jesus, get it together. And uh, I'm just not going to pick that battle, I don't think. I don't have a strong play either. Maybe if something crazy would happen between now and the opener, I might ask the grandparents to help me out. But I think I'm going to play the long game. I think uh, October 30th, I might have said, you know what, your parents can maybe help us out if if they want. But yeah, I, I will be sitting out opening day. Sunday, get this. She goes, hey, it's my dad's birthday. And I said, I won't be there. I just, she said, well, what about the morning? I said, nah, I think, uh, I think I'd rather hunt the evening, maybe be able to get a, a scout in kind of midday and then oh, either go in what I found midday or pivot and do a scout my way in type hunt for the evening. And I just, I honestly just need more scouting. And we'll get to some of that talk here today. Uh, appreciate my Patreon guys for supporting me on that channel. You guys know a few more details what's going on in the deer woods with myself. But uh, let me tell you, the leaves are changing, folks. I don't know if I can remember a late September like this one where the color has started to pop. And it's odd because I'm looking out back and I've got some maple trees, same species. And one is like 50% colored. The other one is like maybe five. And I know there's like some different factors that go into to color change of leaves like I, I do believe like if you get rain and then a cold it like forces the sugars to pop a little more and yeah I don't know maybe as some of those milder temps we had in late August started things a touch earlier this year who knows uh, but I can remember three two years ago when I shot the salt and pepper buck uh I was picking camo for the ridge and I have some of like the predator brown and I have some more of the uh, green stuff. And I remember taking something that was a little more green and, and, and brown because the leaves hadn't changed that year. And just based on where I was going to sit, cause I, I was looking at this one tree low and I was like, well, I'd hate, you know, to have more of a skyline type pattern and the leaf color is green. I just, I don't know. 
I think uh, I, I was flexing a little bit there. I, I, maybe ment- mental confidence was a little higher if I had a little more green based on that ambush point, but it is what it is. But got a big scout in on Saturday. I think seven miles felt great. I, yeah, the more, the older I get or the less time I get in the woods now that I'm in my mid-30s, I just appreciate the hell out of just walking and silence and just active and out there and in the woods and in the mountains and seeing the critters and smelling the fresh air. I love that, that shit. Um, but, uh, did a big loop and started in the dark, got there pretty early, did have a debacle. I left my SD card reader, drove like 10 minutes down the road and, oh shit, how am I going to look at cards? And, and so I drove back, grabbed it. I'm sure the wife was happy about me, uh, coming in and out the house a few times there. And went in in the dark, headlamp mode, didn't bump any deer. I did find a shit ton of oaks early, and I had no cameras in the vicinity. I'm like, man, like, I just climbed this hillside, zero oaks, all of a sudden, like, just marbles. And I'm like, well, I was like, I wish I had some cams close by. This is probably where all the deer are currently. And I don't really care all that much about July pictures. I I really care about, you know, August 30th to, to now. Pause for a swig of coffee. And coming through in the dark, I had a funny encounter, and I, I wanted to bring this point up. So I, I I hear something. So I stop, and I don't have a headlamp on at this point. I take a few steps, stop. I kind of hear something. I'm like, that's got to be a deer. And about 30 yards away, it's it's only like knee height. And I'm like, oh, that's a goat. So I reach for my gat. Um, I did carry a, a, a subcompact nine. And it was a bobcat, and it like looked at me, tilted its head to the side, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Um, and then bolted. But definitely a cool close encounter with a bobcat. Uh, we don't have it for those listening, maybe outside the state. We don't have a ton of bobcats. They are on the rise for sure. I remember ten years ago, if you got a trail cam pick of a bobcat, you you had to send it to DNR. They really appreciated learning about it. I had a pretty cool pick with a, a mom, like in her kits, cubs not sure uh like protecting it and i had to send it into the dnr and they said that's pretty cool um was out at my small farm um but yeah a pretty cool little encounter and i'll tell you what like i have carried a sidearm now a few times scouting and and kind of during the bow hunting thing it definitely like there's a little bow to confidence or just uh a little more sure footedness and I don't necessarily fear the four-legged creature. It's more the tweakers or the the sketchy single wides and and just the the, the weirdos out in the out in the world, the two-legged ones. I remember one time Andy shot a doe and we drug it past the dudes tweaking. And you know the year horror stories. I remember back in the day on the Ohio Sportsman Forum, a guy was hunting a farm and. I think he he threw some sort of rifle in his truck thinking he might coyote hunt after a bow hunt or something. Pause for a swig of coffee. And so he gets done with his bow hunt, and he had some sort of, I think, like two two three or single action. Um, I think it was like a Rossi maybe, some sort of coyote two forty three something And here came a dude high on bath salts and a, like with a knife. And he's like, thank God I was so much like more prepared having a firearm in the truck because here's this tweaker. Anyways, 
back to my my thought here i I definitely like having a sidearm um for bow hunting purposes especially solo like out there i don't know i gotta come home to these kids speaking of that i'd be curious if anyone has a solid recommendation um i'm really leaning at the uh, ruger um lcp max the one they just the the higher end model with a little bit better viz sight i think it's got like 12 plus 1 380 capacity um i have a small taurus that is okay i shoot it actually pretty good uh, but it's a little bit like it doesn't pack as best you couldn't pocket carry it's it's too glock frame like blockiness and so yeah i um i might look to pick something up at, at some point and and yeah it's just uh yeah the two-legged creatures uh kind of get me sometimes as far as coming out in the dark waiting at your truck stuff like that um let's see here on with the scout not the best scout honestly like limited buck sign for you know late september i remember last year i walked and found a collection of rubs you know better rubs and and shreddedness i i found some stuff i was excited about but I think I only walked by two rubs. I had, you know, some scrapes and trails marked. And trail cam-wise, I had two fails. And I only got to maybe six, I think I got to seven. Two fails where one one failure, like, stopped working, I think, in August 1st-ish, August 30th. I don't know. I had no September detail. And I always walk up to the camera and let it, like, trigger me just to kind of make sure it's functioning. Um. I had a couple surprises as far as um, I had a couple doe groups every day. Like I was like, well, maybe I come in here with a stick and try and knock one of these does down. And it wouldn't be a terrible drag on one of them. Um, I marked some of the oaks I was finding, which was good. But like I said, I had some of my cameras not in the vicinity. And what else happened? You know, I just didn't get the caliber or number of, of better racked bucks that I normally get. I don't know if this is a little bit of um, EHD. Uh, you know, my prediction was this year was going to be tougher than last year. Yeah, we had the EHD break out last year, but my thought is we also shot some deer last year. Uh, there was no course of correction. So I think this year is going to be harder, and we still shot like 100,000 whitetails or something. Like, it was on par for like average consumption, and, and I remember sitting at you know, talking to gas stations and farmers and they're like, Oh, I found 20 dead in this one. Uh, you know, that was the, um, more alarming factor. But other than, uh, yeah, the scouting was good. Oh, I'll say this. I think there's two types of squirrels in the world, maybe three. There is the ultra domesticated squirrel that is probably on a campus of a college that you could throw a pocket knife up at and take out. Like don't fear people just do their thing, whatever. Then there is the squirrel in the middle of the big woods that also tends not to run into very many people. And I feel like you could you could definitely like I have walked up on some squirrels doing some drives or like scouting. Like if I had a 22 pistol, like I would be a pretty good squirrel hunter right now. And then like the squirrels in my backyard that I've been trying to get with the stick bow here most of the month, they're like hybridized where they they pick me off and they like squirrel away and like spend a lot of time up in the trees. They're just a little more fearful of the humans that live in the house. And then once I enter the wood, like I just think they got they, they got a little like 
I don't know. They, they got dialed in on, on the fact I'm a predator out there trying to get him with the stick bow. And the only reason I'm trying to get him with the stick bow is honestly just confidence and going through the process with that thing on a live animal. I did shoot the groundhog, but like I think shooting a few squirrels is, you know, where you got to pick a spot on an animal and, and sneak mode and awkward angle. And yeah, I just thought it'd be really good practice before a, a deer walks in front of me with the stick. Um, yeah, but I think there's a few types of squirrels and some are easier to kill than others. And I think the worst of it is like the, the ones that get shot at, like we talk about too, like there's a couple pieces of public we've hunted and squirrel hunted in the past. You hunt the side, the, the, the access is on or the hiker trails, like those squirrels been maybe shot at a time or two and they understand the game versus like you go into a big section of, of less, uh, intruded woods in the, I don't know, more rural type areas like. Sometimes them squirrels don't even equate anything. Like I stomp in there with a, get to go to get a trail cam, stomp it. Like just walking, like I'm not here. Like I didn't blow any deer in the dark. I'm, I'm here. And I look over and this thing's bebopping, not even caring about me. Like no fear of what I am, am doing. And I'm not sneak mode. Uh, I hear my wife coming in with groceries. I'm going to pause this, help her, and then uh, wrap this bad boy up. All right. We got the, all that taken care of. Oh, man. The other thing I've been joking around with the, uh, oh, season is coming prep here in the last bit of time was uh, I I was talking to Jake Hofer the other day, and it's like, man, I drove three and a half hours in one day to spend 20 minutes on my small farm to throw seed, but just a time of rainstorm up, and we got the rain, so I was pretty pumped. Like, that was like, it was like a necessary evil, if you will, and, you know, some of that food plot work, like, that kind of sucks, if you will. It's just... It's just a task to get done that you need some mother nature involved and you got to have some wheel time and you just got to do it, um, if you will. But uh, got the rain. I will say my, my food plots are going from a C minus, I believe, to maybe in the solid C range. I do that layered rye approach with Jeff Sturgis. I don't know if anybody's ever um, messed around with low level food plots and don't have the equ- big equipment i i got a chainsaw and, and some sprayers that that's my equipment i don't even have a good bag seeder I, I got like the one you would fertilize your yard with but uh i do this layered rye approach where you you do 100 pounds per acre and you do it right around september 1 maybe mid-september and then sometime before like october 10th and whatever your size is just 100 pounds per acre um is your rate and the thought there is like it fills in all the gaps if you miss stuff it gives it a few like chances to come in because you don't care about tallness production i think is what jeff sturgis says you know that's a real uh, accurate term right there but you just care about tonnage and and volume at the the deer's eating type level so i've been doing that and yeah, we'll see how the season unfolds. Like I said, I, I don't, if you caught my Instagram story or uh, YouTube, I put it on there too, that uh, I don't have like a huge confidence of like one deer right now or maybe a higher area of, of shooters. Uh, I think I got to do a little more scouting. I got a few cards still to pull. And what's odd is I had a few bucks uh, last year that made it or, you know, pictures late in the year um one buck man in january i was two days off of and i wonder if he's back i wonder if some of these others like you know they they clearly were active in december and no no september picks of them a couple of them are recognizable like oh one's touch wider than most of the bucks in the area the other one's got this like weird i don't know if it's a right or left side we called him raptor man um but yeah 
I uh, we'll see. We'll see how things play out. Uh, I. I will shoot a doe for sure, hopefully, with the stick boat. Uh, that being said, I was thinking about a scouting mission I might go on here to opening day or Sunday. And I was like, man, if I end up at Area B, that is definitely not a doe shooting type spot uh, just due to the length of get the deer out the woods. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I still want to make that priority. My brother-in-law has talked about maybe hunting an urban piece I got. Uh, I just I don't know if I can do it. And he's expressed some interest in getting into deer hunting. And I was like, well, what if we split the meat? Because my freezer is empty. And he, he seemed to like that idea. It might be cool to kind of semi-expose somebody to, this is somewhat what deer hunting is like. I don't think urban hunting is anything like my big woods approach, right? Like drive far, walk far, climb hard versus, you know, walk a sidewalk, dip into a couple acre woodlot. Like that's not... Those are we're playing the sport of basketball, but it's like a really good like it's 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 one on one versus five on five or I don't know it's it's a very different game. Maybe it's more like slam ball meets basketball. Like the the skill set's not exactly identical, but it does somewhat resemble it. All right, guys. Well, hey, good luck out there. It is enjoy it. I love fall. We live for this. Also, how about them Buckeyes beating Notre Dame the other day on a last-second-ditch effort? I know Buckeye Nation was jerked. Team Harder and Bucks, we're out.